Welcome to Below the 49th, my perspective of my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Dateline today is August the 6th, 2020, and today's title, Four Waves of Change. America has over 30 million small businesses that account for just over 63% of all new job creation. Small businesses are the essential engine and the backbone of the American economy because they employ people. Today, small businesses in America are under grave, grave pressure. Uh, even at pre-COVID times, they were teetering on insolvency. So they, they sit there, and now they've just received this double punch, right? With months of debilitating uh, COVID closures, and then the devastating effects of Black Lives Matters cancel culture with their destructive social justice demonstrations. Uh, so what do you have left? Well, it's inner cities in perilous conditions of unrest by these social ide ideologues who have their, their nightly rampages. So I predict the coming of four waves of social repercussions. The first wave I call inner cities. What's left? Inner cities that experience the Black Lives Matters demonstrations described as peaceful protesters who raised their hands in defiance and marched night after night and painted streets by day have left inner cities decimated, smoldering with fires, many looted, destroyed, beyond repair, some ready, unfortunately, for demolition. Where squatter encampments are chock full of rotting garbage and feces, that nightly supply the mobs who proudly deface and destroy civic buildings with profanity and disgusting epithets. These decomposed carcasses of a city remain in ruins, several crippled and unable to function, many, sadly, never to come back. These inner-city wastelands have no restaurants, no retail stores, no Starbucks, no banks, no liquor stores, no investments, no business, no nothing. That means no waiter jobs, no delivery jobs, no retail sales, no service. So what's left of these inner cities? Well, today, mass unemployment, societal decay, which unfortunately disproportionately negatively affects those who demonstrated for this utopian social change which in a cruel twist actually made their plight so much more worse. So what's the second wave? A retail desert. Now businesses with little left they have of their shattered dreams, they split, they leave. When small business departs, it leaves a quickly expanding run of boarded up storefronts and abandoned buildings. A retail desert, a desert that spreads outward like crabgrass. When landlords have no tenants, bank gets no mortgage payments, the real estate values tumble for the whole area. It just evaporates for everybody. What business or bank would want to invest in an area with dilapidated retail deserts, ripe for arson, cockroaches, and, and, and squatters? But further, what confidence would you have in local mayors and civic leaders who believe that they have the solution? Defund the police. Imagine law enforcement stretched razor thin, hindered in their powers due to mass resignations, constant attacks by the mob, and, and debilitating underfunding. Today, these same cities are reporting mass civil unrest, shootings, murders, crime rates skyrocketing, where gun-toting rival gangs rule the streets with the power of the drive-by gun, intimidation, and the innocent shot dead on the streets, in houses, and even in baby carriages. Then the third wave, it's mass exodus of the others. Anyone who has any finances or an existing business in these cities will pack up while they can and split, taking family, money, their investment, and the tax base because they know what's coming and it ain't good. 
They leave in the hopes of planting new roots in a city where a strong mayor and civic leaders are dedicated to standing up for the city, protecting the businesses, providing safety for kids and family. A mayor who respects the rule of law and supports a strong, proactive law enforcement base that together, here it comes again, respects the rule of law. These are aspects of America that the market will determine the winners and not the influence peddling utopian mob. Finally, the fourth wave, affirmative intimidation. This wave is, is much more insidious. As the entrails of cancel cult culture demand affirmative actions of intimidations. In Louisville, Kentucky, listen to this, the Louisville Courier-Journal reported over a dozen business owners received a demand letter from Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah, it contained a list of demands to improve diversity in the workplace. Not just affirmative action, this is affirmative intimidation. Business owners were formally instructed by Black Lives Matters to put this document on their front door as affirmation of the Black Lives Matters demands, and so that they, and I quote, won't F with their business. Some of the demands included that 23% of the staff be black, 23% of all goods purchased from them should be from black-owned retailers, or you can make a reoccurring monthly donation of 1.5% of your net sales to local black-owned nonprofit organizations. You know, where I come from, we call that blackmail. See, 23% of Louisville's population is black. One Louisville business owner who received this wonderful note, Fernando Martinez, a Cuban-born co-owner of Old Restaurant Group, stated, and I quote, There comes a time in life when you have to make a stand, and you have to really prove your convictions and what you believe in. All good people need to denounce this. Martinez is one of 250,000 Cubans living in Kentucky. He uh, basically landed on the U.S. shores as an 18-year-old fleeing the oppressive communist regime of Cubans Castro in search of, ready for this, the American dream, which he's been able to do through hard work. He created a restaurant and a viable business, and he's the owner. And you know what else? He employs people. So as Black Lives Matters Kentucky revealed their shakedown tactics of affirmative extortion, it really harkens back to a mafia-style strong arm, you know, that kind of businesses where you better adhere to the mob rules, obedience through fear and intimidation, or we were going to be effing with your business. So let's just take a pause and offer the excuse that this misguided Kentucky Black Lives Matter overstepped their doctrine. Thankfully, Kentucky's Urban League they jumped in to clarify. The Louisville Courier-Journal reports that Shadika Reynolds, she's the president and the CEO of the Louisville Urban League, took to Facebook to say she will no longer eat at Martinez's restaurants, and she wrote, and I quote, I'm not sure why any human other than a racist would choose this time to tell us how little our lives matter. I wonder how Shadika would take a, to a letter being sent to all the black-owned businesses in Kentucky demanding that they hire 77% of white people in their businesses. You know, today major brands in America have um, yet to receive their letter, I suppose, uh, but they have proactively kneeled to the Black Lives Matters demands with lots of money and t-shirts. Imagine a letter, check this out, sent to the NFL demanding that 63% of their players be white. You know, it's more representative of the American population. It's the percentage split. I mean, even when you say that, it's just even more ridiculous and absurd. It's insane. The NFL is founded on the basis of the best players, paid the best wages for the best football performance. 
I mean, like the American dream, it's not based on color or social dogma. The best is the best, regardless. And the American dream is based on those rules, where even an 18-year-old kid from Cuba can land in American shores, own a restaurant, make a living, and employ Americans of all colors, or become a president, or top entertainment and musical stars. So this just breaking in politics, this is yesterday on the 6th, a note titled, We Have Her Back, was sent to media outlets and editors and anchors and reporters by a self-appointed watchdog group. Check this out. It warns media as to how they should cover Joe's VP's running mate. Here's a little excerpt from their uh, demand, their demand letter. We intend to collectively and individually monitor coverage, and we will call out those we believe take our country backwards with a sexist or a racist coverage. As we enter another historical moment, we will be watching you. We expect change. We expect a new way of thinking about your role and how the VP and she is treated. So I guess media, you got your letter too. Finally, to my American Facebook viewers, you may not be able to see this post, as Facebook has prevented selected below the 49th post from being promoted to US Facebook viewers and media outlets. See, Facebook arbitrarily censors selective posts and does not allow me to promote them to US viewers. Like my last show, number nine, I guess they, they found it was too revolutionary. Well, comrades, if you think a fellow American might appreciate this below the 49th, please share. You can also subscribe and like, and all those I very much appreciate. If you leave a comment, I always make an effort to answer each and every, the one, every uh, one of those. So, until next time, God bless, stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.